وَدُّ These people, they love. They really want. لَوْ تَكْفُرُونَ كَمَا كَفَرُوا If only you would disbelieve just as they have disbelieved. That first of all, they are doing something wrong. And secondly, they have no regrets. They have no regrets. You know, one is that a person is being forced into this situation. He doesn't want to fight against the Prophet ﷺ, but he's being forced into it. He's not given an option. His heart is distressed. He doesn't want to take any part in any effort against the Messenger ﷺ. His heart is not settled at all. That's a different situation. But another is that a person is completely fine with it. He's like, yeah, why not? We're from Makkah. You know, we are Quraysh. And the people of Medina, yes, we're going to fight them. Doesn't matter, even if the Prophet ﷺ is amongst them. So there's no guilt. Rather, they are happy. They have no regrets. And they want that the rest of the Muslims should follow the same course, should do the same thing. They want that the rest of the Muslims should also leave their religion. So in other words, they look back at their Islam and they say, yeah, you know, I'm over it. It was just a phase. This is just like a person, you know, they start doing something good and then after some time, they leave it. And when they leave it, they say, yeah, I have no regrets. And they encourage other people as well to leave it. So for example, a girl, she wears a hijab. And then she goes to school and she feels a little bit of you know, difficulty. So she says, you know what, it's much easier, I'm just going to take it off. So she takes it off. And if there's any other Muslim girl, she says, you know what, I find it much easier since I've taken it off, I encourage you to do the same thing. Does it happen? Yes. It does happen. People who have no regrets about how they have fallen in their deen. And then they want other people to do the same thing as well. Why do they want other people to do the same thing? Because they don't want to look bad. They don't want to look bad. They want that everybody should do the same thing. So they're not the only ones who have made this decision. I remember as a child, I read the story about a fox who got caught in a trap and its tail got cut off. Okay, And then all the animals in the jungle, they're like, hey, where's your tail? Where's your tail? And then in the beginning, she felt embarrassed, but then she's like, oh, I don't have a tail. And it's so convenient for me. It's so easy for me. Why don't you guys go and get it cut off as well? You know, went on telling people about the benefits of not having a tail because she didn't want to stand out. So this is what some people do as well. وَدُّوا لَوْ تَكْفُرُونَ كَمَا كَفَرُوا فَتَكُونُونَ سَوَاءٍ So that all of you become the same. All of you become equal. Allah says, فَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا مِنْهُمْ أَوْلِيَاءٍ Such people, do not take them as your friends. Do not take them as your close friends. حَتَّى until يُحَاجِرُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Until they migrate in the way of Allah. Meaning they prove their Islam. They take a major step to really prove their Islam that they are Muslims. And at that time, the one thing that proved the Islam of a person was his hijrah. That if he has left his home and he has come to Medina to join the Prophet ﷺ, that means this person is serious about his faith. So Allah said, حَتَّى يُهَاجِرُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Until they migrate, don't consider them to be Muslim. Don't accept their Islam. Don't accept their Islam. You don't know whether they're sincere or not. They come to you in the face of a Muslim. And then at another situation, they are harming you. You know, how are you supposed to treat such an individual? If you fall in their trap, 
then you're going to get harmed. So, فَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا مِنْهُمْ أَوْلِيَاءَ حَتَّى يُهَاجِرُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ فَإِن تَوَلَّوْا But if they turn away, they continue in this way of theirs, that they have really left Islam. If they turn away, they apostate, then how should you treat them? Just like the other enemies. Which means that when they come to you in battle, waging war against you, then in the battlefield, what are you going to do? فَخُذُوهُمْ Then you're going to take them. وَقْتُلُوهُمْ And you're going to kill them. حَيْثَ وَجَدْتُمُوهُمْ Wherever you're going to find them. It doesn't mean anywhere. Obviously this means in the battlefield. That if they're coming in the ranks of the enemy, with weapons against you, then in the battlefield, wherever you find them, it's okay. You can fight them, just as you will fight the other enemy. So in other words, you will treat them just like you will treat their friends. You understand? You will treat them in the same way that you will treat the group that they are coming in. Because al-mar'u ma'aman ahabba. A person will be with the one whom he loves. A person is treated according to how? The group that they are from. Right? So, فَخُذُوهُمْ وَاقْتُلُوهُمْ حَيْثُ وَجَدْتُمُوهُمْ وَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا مِنْهُمْ وَلِيًّا وَلَا نَصِيرًا And do not take anyone from them as wali nor a helper. Meaning no close friendship with such people and no seeking help from such people. Because they are not reliable. They are not reliable. They are not trustworthy. They are not committed. Because if they were committed, they would have shown commitment to the deen. If they cannot prove that, then how can they show sincerity to you? Illa except. Now remember that this situation cannot be generalized. Meaning that just because a Muslim was coming in the army of the mushrikeen against the Muslims, it doesn't mean that you treat him you know, just as any other person of that army. No, you cannot generalize it. Because there are always exceptions. Some people chose to do that. And other people, they were forced into it. This is just like one of the companions, what happened with him, that he was persecuted so much, he was being tortured so much. And he was forced to say, you know, nasty words about the Prophet ﷺ, about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, renounce his faith basically. So he just said those words at that time, just to get out of that situation, just to get out of that turmoil. And finally, his persecutors, they left him. When he said those words, they left him. And then he went to the Prophet ﷺ, and he told him that this is what happened. And the Prophet ﷺ asked that, what's the state of the heart? And he said, in the heart, of course, I believe in Allah, I believe in the Messenger ﷺ. So, such words are forgiven. Do you see what I mean? Because those are not from the heart. He doesn't have a choice. If he wants to save his life, he has to say those words. Now sometimes a person has to say words to save his life. In other situations, a person has to do certain things to save his life. Do you get it? So there were some people who were forced into this dilemma, into this situation, that they weren't given a choice. This is why Allah says, illa except. Just because you see a Muslim amongst non-Muslims, don't think that he is of them. Every individual is different. Illa except. And over here, two exceptions are mentioned. First of all, الَّذِينَ Those people who يَصِلُونَ They join. يَصِلُونَ From وَصَلَ وَاو صَاد لَام وَصَلَ means to join, to connect. 
So they join who? إِلَىٰ قَوْمٍ To a people. And joining to a people means taking refuge with them, taking protection with them, having a pact, having a promise with them that they will protect you. Alright? Because at that time, a person could not survive on his own. He had to have some kind of protection granted to him by a larger group. And that larger group would obviously be a tribe. So they have taken refuge with who? قَوْمٍ A people. Which people? بَيْنَكُمْ وَبَيْنَهُمْ مِيثَاقٌ Between you and between those people is a misaq, a contract, a promise. A promise of what? A contract of what? Of peace. Meaning that you, O Muslims, and that group of non-Muslims, that tribe, you are on good terms. You have some kind of alliance or you have you know, a peace treaty because of which you are not going to battle one another. You're not going to wage war against each other. So if a Muslim is living amongst them, is living with them, is it okay? Is it okay for him? Yes, it is. Should he be treated like a non-Muslim? No, not at all. Because he's not going to come against you. Why? Because the people that he is with are not going to come against you. There is a peace treaty. So even if this individual does not migrate to Medina, it's okay. It's okay. You can still take him as a wali, you can still take him as a nasir. And this is why we see that there were many people who came to the Prophet ﷺ, embraced Islam, and they went back and lived with their tribes for so many years. Alright? And at the time of the conquest of Makkah, or later, you know, they came with their tribes again to the Prophet ﷺ. Take the example of Abu Hurairah anhu. Right? So there were many Sahaba who embraced Islam, went back to their tribes. They didn't necessarily migrate to Medina. And there was no problem at that time. So this is the first exception. Secondly, awja'ukum, or they come to you. Meaning, they come to you waging war. They come to you with their people in order to attack you. But how do they come? Hasirat suduruhum. Their hearts, their chests are hasirat. What does hasir mean? To constrict. So their hearts are constricted, meaning they are so uncomfortable doing what they're doing. They don't want to have any part in it. But they're forced into it. They don't want to wage war against the Prophet ﷺ, but they haven't been given an option. حَصِرَتْ suduruhum, And their hearts are constricted. They're very uncomfortable. أَنْ يُقَاتِلُونَكُمْ That they should fight you. أو or يُقَاتِلُوا قَوْمَهُمْ Or that they should even fight their own people. Meaning they're in a very difficult situation. If they take the side of their family, of their tribe, then that means fighting against the Prophet ﷺ. And if they take sides with the Prophet ﷺ, that meant fighting with who? Their own relatives, their tribesmen. So you understand? They were in a very difficult situation. They didn't know what to do. So they're forced to come with their people and they don't want to harm the Muslims. They don't want to participate in that battle, but they don't have an option. Allah says, وَلَوْ شَاءَ اللَّهُ And if Allah wanted, لَسَلَّطَهُمْ عَلَيْكُمْ Surely He would have given them authority over you. سَلَّطَ تَسْلِيط سَلُطَ is طَاقَ Strength, power, quwa. Allah could have given them the strength over you. 
Meaning Allah could have given them the strength to fight you. Right now they're coming as neutrals. Okay, they're neutral. They don't want to take sides. They're being forced into taking a side. They have no interest in that. And if Allah wanted, they could actually have you know, bias against you. They could actually have the desire to fight you. But they don't have that desire. So be grateful that they are still sincere to you. فَلَقَاتَلُوكُمْ And then they would have fought you. فَإِنِعْتَزَلُوكُمْ Allah says, such people who are coming with the enemy to fight you, if when they come to fight you, first of all, اِعْتَزَلُوكُمْ اِعْتَزَلُوكُمْ from عَزْرَ عَيْنْ زَيْلَامْ What does that mean? To keep away. So اِعْتَزَلُوكُمْ If they keep away from you, meaning that they have to come you know, for the battle. But as they come, they keep away from the Muslims. They have the weapons on their hands because they can't stay back. They're being forced into it. So for example, they stay at the rear. Or they make an excuse and go here or there. Do you see what I mean? This is just like when you're forced into something, you don't want to do it, what do you do? You stay behind, you go hide somewhere. Alright? Or you do something that's very indirectly related to it. Right? You keep as far away from it as possible. So, اِعْتَزَلُوكُمْ If they keep away from you, they don't fight you. So for example, whenever they see a Muslim approaching, what do they do? They move away. Right? They appear to their people as if they are fighting, but every time there is a Muslim approaching, what do they do? They move away, so that the Muslim doesn't come in combat with them. They're not in that situation where they have to fight the Muslim. So, فَإِنِعْتَزَلُوكُمْ And then, فَلَمْ يُقَاتِلُوكُمْ And they do not fight you, Right? The best is that they don't come for the battle at all. But if they're made to come, then اِعْتَزَلُوكُمْ They should keep away. وَأَلْقَوْا إِلَيْكُمُ السَّلَمَ And they offer to you a salam. What does a salam mean? Peace. They offer you peace. فَمَا جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ عَلَيْهِمْ سَبِيلًا So then Allah has not made for you against them anyway. Meaning then such people, you cannot fight them. You have no reason to fight them. Then Allah says, سَتَجِدُونَ Soon you will find, آخَرِينَ Another group of people. So there's a third category as well. First of all, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about these people in the general sense. And then He clarified one group after the other. So two groups are mentioned in ayah number 90. In ayah 91, the third group is mentioned. That you will find another group of people, يُرِيدُونَ They want, manukum That they are you know, at peace with you, meaning they obtain security from you, from Aman, Hamza Mimnoon. Wayamanu, and that they're also in peace, meaning they also have security from who? Qawmahum, their own people. So basically, these people, they're just concerned about their security. They want security from you, and they want security from their people as well. They don't have any problem. You know, any faith issues over here. Nothing like that. They're not concerned about their iman. They're not concerned about the fact that they will be waging war against the Prophet ﷺ. No, they have no interest in that. All they want is security for themselves. From whoever. Whether it's the Muslims or it is their families. They just want to be safe. Which is why, kullama, every time, ruddu, they are returned, meaning they are put in, ilal fitna, to a temptation. Meaning every time there is a chance, to return to disbelief. Because remember that fitna, one of the meanings is also shirk. We learned earlier that fitna is also shirk. So every time there is an opportunity to return to disbelief, to return to kufr, to return to shirk, 
What happens? Urkisu fiha. They are made to fall into it. Urkasa. We learned the word earlier. Same root. That they fall into it headlong, face down, upside down, reverted into it. Who is this referring to? This is referring to the hypocrites who became Muslim only for political reasons, only for political benefits. Their only concern is to remain safe, meaning they want security from you, which is why they accept Islam. But then they also want security from their people, which is why they renounce Islam when they go to them. What do we learn? وَإِذَا لَقُلْ لَذِينَ آمَنُوا قَالُوا آمَنَّا When they go to the Muslims, they say, yeah, yeah, we're Muslim. But, وَإِذَا خَلَوْا إِلَى شَيَاطِينِهِمْ قَالُوا إِنَّا مَعَكُمْ When they're alone with their devils, with their leaders, with their men, what do they say? We are with you. No problem. We are with you. Yeah, yeah, that was just a phase. We were just joking with them. Right? إِنَّا مَعَكُمْ We are with you. So they manifest belief before you, and when they go to them, they manifest kufr to them. And every time there is a chance to return to idolatry, to return to the ways of disbelief, what happens? They go for it. What this means is that every time there is a war against the Muslims, instead of taking sides with the Muslims, they choose to join who? The enemy. So for example, can you think of a time when the munafiqeen did not side with the Muslims, but instead the enemy? Remember that the Jewish tribe that was in Medina, they had broken the treaty, they had violated it very openly. And the Prophet ﷺ, he gave them an ultimatum that you either leave or you will face consequences. So what happened? Abdullah bin Ubay, he went to them and he assured them, do not leave. I have thousands of men with me to support you, to help you. So don't leave at all. So those Yahud, they decided to stay. So they fortified themselves, they guarded their forts, and they said, we're not leaving anywhere. So what happened? After the ultimatum was over, the Prophet ﷺ came with the Sahaba and surrounded their forts. And then what happened? Abdullah bin Ubay, he ran away. There was no people that he brought. No men at all. So he deceived the enemy and he did not even side with the Muslims. Why? Because he just wanted aman. He just wanted to be safe. He just wanted to make sure that in case Muslims are victorious, I'm fine. And in case they lose, still I am fine. Such people are the most insincere people. They have no sincerity for anyone. They don't want good for any person but themselves. They just want to be on the safe side. So they want to keep everyone happy, even if that means they're lying and they're deceiving and they're signing multiple contracts, whatever, it doesn't matter. They just want to be saved. They just want benefit for themselves. Allah says such people, فَإِلَّمْ يَعْتَزِلُوكُمْ If they do not withdraw from you, meaning, if they come to fight against you, they do not stay away. وَيُلْقُوا إِلَيْكُمُ السَّلَمْ يُلْقُوا Again it means, وَلَمْ يُلْقُوا Because the previous lam is applicable over here as well. Okay? لَمْ يَعْتَزِلُوكُمْ وَيُلْقُ means وَلَمْ يُلْقُ Because in the Arabic language, when the word wow comes, then it connects the words. And the same command or the same imperative or the same prohibition that is applied to the first word is also applied to the next. Okay? So if they do not stay away and if they do not offer you peace, وَيَكُفُّ أَيْدِيَهُمْ Again, وَلَمْ يَكُفُّ أَيْدِيَهُمْ And they do not even 
restrain their hands, yakufu from kaf, kafafa, meaning they do not withhold their hands, rather they come attacking you, then what should you do? What should you do at this point? Say that, oh, these people said, amanna, we take them as believers, even if they're fighting against us? Allah says, no. فَخُذُوهُمْ وَاقْتُلُوهُمْ حَيْسُ زَقِفْتُمُوهُمْ Then when they come to you in battle, then you will seize them and kill them wherever you find them in the battlefield. وَأُولَٰئِكُمْ And it is those people who جَعَلْنَا لَكُمْ We have made for you عَلَيْهِمْ Against them سُلْطَانًا مُبِينًا A clear evidence. Sultan over here gives the meaning of authority, authorization, that you have the liberty, you have the authorization to actually fight against these people. Even though they said that we believe. Because they're not proving themselves to be believers. So, in conclusion, in these verses, what do we learn? That there were people who appeared to be Muslim, who said they were Muslim, but at the same time, they were coming, you know, waging war against the Muslims with their people. So the Muslims were in confusion. Do we treat them as Muslims or do we treat them as non-Muslims? Do we fight them or do we not fight them? What are we supposed to do? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the matter very clear. How? That He divided such people into three groups, into three kinds. First of all, those people who do not do hijrah, okay, they do not do hijrah, they're living with their people, and they end up compromising on their faith. And they want you to do the same as well. So such people, they must do hijrah to prove the truthfulness of their faith. And if they do not do so, and they come to you in battle, then what will you do? You will also fight them. The second type of people are who? They're those with whom you have a peace treaty. Meaning they're living amongst those with whom you have a peace treaty. Once there is a peace treaty, that means they're not going to fight you. You're not going to fight them. So when they don't fight you, you don't fight them. There's no reason to be concerned about them. The third type of people are those who show faith before you and show kufr before disbelievers. Why? Because they just want to be safe. Verbally they say, we believe. Or verbally they say something else and practically they do something different. So when they come waging war against you, then what are you going to do? You're also going to fight with them. So at the end of the day, the fact is that if a person is coming waging war against Muslims, then you don't know about the state of his heart. Isn't it? You don't know about the state of his heart. So you cannot judge the heart. You are supposed to treat the person based on his actions. So if he is coming, waging war, then you will treat him in the same way. And if he is forced in that situation, then what should he do? He should keep aside. He should keep away. He has to protect himself. Because the Muslims have been told, if someone comes to fight against you, you're going to treat him like the enemy. Because in the battlefield, then what will you do? A Muslim will be like, oh, that person said, I believe once upon a time. So he moves away from him. And that same individual comes and kills him from behind. Does it make sense? It doesn't make sense, right? So we learn from here is that you cannot judge the heart of the other person. Only Allah knows. When you deal with other people, you deal with them based on their apparent actions. And if a person is in a situation where he could be misunderstood by others, then he should keep himself safe. But unfortunately, what do we do? We do whatever we want to and later on we go justifying our actions and explaining to people. So take precaution yourself. Keep away yourself. Recitation.